And we are back on the KYMN Morning Show. We have a, a special guest joining us right now, uh, uh, author from right here in Northfield, very successful one, as a matter of fact. Ben Percy is with us. Ben, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. You've got a, a new book. You've been busy. Each time we talk to you, you've been very busy with your writing. Uh, but this time it's a new book, and it's part of the series that uh, you have been working on. Tell us about it. The book is called The Sky Vault, and it is part of the Comet Cycle series. Uh, the comet cycle is all triggered by the same event. It's an age-old sci-fi concept. A comet comes streaking through the solar system. Our planet spins through the debris field, and new elements are introduced to the world, elements that in, you know shake up the laws of physics and geology and biology, uh, elements that, that uh, you know shake up the geopolitical theater and introduce in a very Marvel or DC kind of way a new dawn of heroes and villains. And so the Sky Vault, it has to do with strange weather phenomena that begins outside of Fairbanks, Alaska. But it isn't just about what's happening right now. It's also about what's happening in the past. So everybody knows about the Manhattan Projects. Everybody's talking about Oppenheimer right now. Mm -hmm. And I posit a alt-history in which there was another project happening simultaneously called the Alaska Project. And instead of trying to smash or crush or split the atom, they were trying to spin the atom, which can theoretically create a wormhole. And so you have like this past scenario and you have this present scenario and the drama from each, they're intersecting in this really cataclysmic way. Wow. <laughs> you got me hooked on it. I got to read that. Now you meant this is uh, part of a series yeah. uh, of books. Uh, does it, is it uh, like a standalone book or does it draw from information from the previous, uh, free, previous books? Uh, that's the thing about a series is that mm -hmm. every single book typically has attrition, meaning you move from one book to the other, you have fewer readers. And in trying to combat that, I wrote this series so that you can read the books in any order. Mm -hmm. They're all standalone novels, so you can read The Sky Vault before you read, say, The Unfamiliar Garden or The Ninth Metal, two of the other installments in the Comet Cycle series. All right. Uh, once again, Ben, Pierce, uh, ben Percy is with us. Uh, we're talking about The Sky Vault, his uh, new book. How long? Now, you're an experienced writer. Can you crank out books in, uh, you know, a short amount of time? Or is this something you just got to keep on working on until you get it? Uh, well, the different projects that I have on my desk all take different amounts of attention. So I write for Marvel and DC Comics. I have for the past 10 years. And that is much more of a sprint. Whereas writing novels is a marathon. Uh, oftentimes, I will think about a novel for a whole year before I actually begin you know, composing it before I actually begin hammering the keyboard. Uh, I have these big scrolls of paper on my wall that uh, offer up outlines and, and character arcs and such. Uh, and so when it comes to actually writing the novel, uh, that can happen pretty swiftly, as in within the course of a year or a year and a half, as long as I have done my due diligence when it comes to the blueprinting uh, that comes in advance. If I know everything that's about to occur, right, no, and I say that, like, it's written in pencil, the blueprints, not pen. Like, I try to mm -hmm. offer myself the opportunity to go down some, some, some different roads than I had anticipated. But if I have all that, that, that route in place, I can... I can move pretty swiftly. And I know it sounds funny to say, like, a year, a year and a half is swiftly. But for a novel, I mean, sometimes it takes people 10 years to write one. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And especially when you've got, uh, you know, you, the day job of, with uh, Marvel. Yeah. How, much, how much time does that take? Are you constantly working on uh, the Marvel stuff? Constantly. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes two or three scripts a week. So right now I'm building towards 
uh, a few big events on September 20th. I'm releasing this event called Predator vs. Wolverine, <laughs> which is as mayhemic and insane as it sounds. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, uh, Disney bought out 20th Century Fox. So the Mouse House bought out all the properties in 20th Century. And the moment that that happened, the moment that the press release hit, I called up the head of Marvel Comics and I was like, please let me write this. Let me bring these two titans together, these two hunters together. Uh, and it took many years of me begging and prodding, but finally... Uh, the time is now. <laughs> now, is that a uh, comic book graphic novel type thing? or what, That's uh, a comic book. It's, it's this... called an event. I mean, uh-huh. just to get kind of nerdy in particular. Like, I have ongoing series that I write, like Wolverine or X-Force or Ghost Rider. <laughs> I have those. But then I'll have these events that occur or crossovers that occur. So this Predator versus Wolverine thing, it's its own event and it's four issues and they're oversized issues. And eventually they'll be collected into their own graphic novel. Was it difficult to, uh, for, the, uh, for the boss to uh, get permission to do that? You mentioned you called up the boss and said, let yeah. me do this. Yeah, that was the, there's always permissions, you know, when yeah. it comes to, like, talking to other companies and getting the licensing all squared away and figuring out the way in which this will, in, you know, inform the Marvel Universe, which is known as the 616. Like, okay, do we have, like, the Aliens franchise? Do we have the Predator franchise just running along adjacent to this? Is it actually part Part of Marvel's history now, like they're very worried about their continuity, as it's known, <laughs> the canon. So you have to sort of sometimes sort of dance between the raindrops of Marvel's established history to make these things work. Marvel's established history over the course of the past, well, a couple of decades, really, the 21st century is movies. You know, they've made the most popular movies uh, just about in the world, you know, a good series of those. Are there any uh, projects in the uh, works that uh, you'd mentioned? you got the Wolverine, uh, Ghost Rider, uh, any of those uh, hitting the big screen yet? Uh, well, one fun thing was a few months ago, the trailer released for uh, Deadpool 3, mm-hmm. which involves Wolverine. Uh, and during this teaser trailer, uh, Deadpool is, you know, uh, you know, wandering about his house. He's trying to figure out what the next movie is going to be about. Ryan Reynolds, the actor. Uh, and as he's trying to brainstorm the possible plot, you see him reading one of my comics <laughs> while sitting on the toilet. <laughs> so that was a total surprise. And I don't know they don't usually tell you too much about what's coming until it comes. Uh, but it, I did write a Wolverine Deadpool storyline that mm-hmm. could be fodder for that. We'll see. I'm hoping I'll be, you know, there on the the red carpet. Uh, newly minted best friends, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds by my side. <laughs> Once again, Ben Percy is with us. We're talking about uh, The Sky Vault, which is his uh, new book, and it's going to be launched tomorrow night. There's an event going on? That's right. At the Grand Theater, we're going to be having a party. Mm-hmm. So at 6.30, uh, Fred the Bear... Acoustic trio with uh, Ray Kudre in the lead will be uh, making music. So come hang out, listen to them play around 7 o'clock. I'll be taking the stage. Content Books, our beloved local indie bookstore, will be selling. Uh, so I will, you know, do an author talk. I'll do a little bit of a reading. Uh, there'll be music 
to begin, but music to follow. There'll be drinks, there'll be food, and uh, hopefully a good time will be had by all. I, I don't think there's anything but a good time to be had there. It sounds like a lot of fun. What's, uh, let's move on to future projects. Do you have a, uh, a desk full of future projects waiting to be written? <clears throat> Indeed. I mean, I have a new novel underway and takes place right here in Northfield. I mean, a veiled version of it. Um, <clears throat> I also have a bunch of screenwriting projects, but of course, uh, those have all been put on pause because of the strike. Yeah, let's talk about that. You are an author, you're a screenwriter. You're, on, you're I'm presuming you're part of the strike. I am part of the strike. Yeah, I've been a WGA member since 2014. From, uh, yeah, from the uh, just standpoint uh, uh, of an author, a writer that uh, is uh, on strike right now, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And what, what, what do you see as, uh, the, you know, the problems and uh, how can this be solved? Uh, so in 2007, that's the last time the actors were on strike. Mm-hmm. And nobody could anticipate streaming. Streaming came in 2013 when House of Cards released on Netflix. Uh, Netflix was previous to that, you know, a DVD distributor. And all of a sudden, they were making their own content, and everybody jumped on board. Everybody started in on the streaming game. And we could not anticipate what was to come. Uh, Right now, uh, you know, you go onto a platform and you watch a show or you watch a movie, and, and maybe you're joined by millions or sometimes, you know, if we're talking about a phenomenon like Squid Game, close to a billion others. Uh, well, nobody profits from that except the streamer. As opposed to when something would release in the theater and everybody would go and buy tickets or then later they'd pick up DVDs and all those residuals would come back to directors, to writers, to actors eventually. You know, you'd share in the profit, but there's no equity now. All the profit, and this is true of a lot of America, all the money's at the top. Um, and so how do we create a more equitable system? How do you, you know, make sure that that money finds a way to trickle down? Uh, and in the same way, like you might see ads on a lot of platforms now, more and more ads, uh, on Hulu. Now they're introducing that on Disney or on, uh, Netflix. And it's like, where do the, that, those ad, that ad revenue does not benefit anybody, but the streamer once again. And then there's, you know, bigger stuff, uh, like the existential threat of AI, Uh, and right now what we're looking at, I know some people are like, oh, we don't need to worry about AI. Look, everybody has six fingers in this, you know, composite that Mm -hmm. the uh, art that was generated, but like, we're looking at the model T version of this, right? And the Lamborghini (laughs) is coming. So we need guardrails in place. It's not that writers or, or actors for that matter are Luddites and like, don't realize that this could be somehow a useful tool, but like, let's put some guardrails in place to protect people because right now some abuses are already occurring where they're bringing in a voice actor for instance for a day and they're paying them a flat fee and then they can use in perpetuity that actor's voice so yeah i mean I'm, i can give you example after example after example out of as to how these things are predatory and dangerous and like you gotta you know pay there's a lot of people when you think about hollywood you're like oh you know those poor hollywood people but like there's a major ecosystem of people there most of the people you'll see on a set are like dudes moving uh equipment around and plugging stuff in and you know you look at most writers they're not like you know the person working on some major show that that you know of they're the person who's working on like you know the pepto-bismol commercial (laughs) or they're the person who's like scrambling to get work and same with actors like not every actor's tom cruise most people are most actors are like the 
the bartender in the Tom Cruise movie, or the person in the walking on the street behind Tom Cruise. Like you know, people are just trying to make a living. Does it? Where, where are you at on that strike right now? Is there much movement on either side? You think? Uh, are you optimistic? We're going to find a uh, a solution for this. Going to have to sometime. I oh yeah, there'll be a solution, and I. I mean, I know I sound sort of ro- roguish when I say this, but it, the the writers and the actors have already won. There's like there's nothing, there's no content you can produce without them. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it's gone on long enough that you know the shareholders are starting to take note of that, and those are the people who really control everything. Is when you see that like okay, Warner Brothers just lost five hundred million dollars, you know, with the strike so far. Like they're going to have to move. I anticipate I. I don't have a magic eight ball on hand, but I anticipate it might happen at the end of October. But then again, not a lot happens at the end of the year. Usually Hollywood goes on vacation, like through the holidays. So if nothing's going to get made anyway, they might push it to the new year. I'm hoping by October because then the actors can actually promote their Oscar movies. Uh, Because right now they can't hit the red carpet. Uh, Let's talk about what this means to you on a personal level. I, (coughs) pardon me, are you just not getting a paycheck now or you probably have different well, I, have, I work in lots of different mediums, yeah. right? And that is helpful to me. Not everybody does. Some people are full-time screenwriters, mm-hmm. and they're not getting paid anything. Uh, so I'm not getting any of that. You know, that income stream is just cut off until uh, any of this moves forward. But the, And the da- most dangerous thing about that for me is that I, that's where my health insurance comes from. Um, so, you know, I'm usually you're covered for a year uh, with the points that you earn from selling different projects. So, you know, I've got until the spring and then something better move, (laughs) or I'm going to be shopping around for private health insurance. Well, it's good to hear you have some other income uh, other than that. So the new book is called, uh, the sky vault. It's coming up. Uh, the launch is uh, tomorrow night at the grant. Is that just open to the public? Anybody can open to the public. Please come and, uh, you know, get nerdy with me. (laughs) And what time does that begin again? So six 30 is when the music begins with Ray Coudre and the Fred, the bear acoustic trio. And about seven o'clock, I'll be taking the stage and, uh, give it an author talk and cracking some jokes <laughs> all right ben any final thoughts before we let you go no thanks so much for having me on yeah thanks for coming in this early in the morning we appreciate it and uh we'll see you tomorrow night all right sounds good ben percy once again uh, local author you're listening to 95.1 fm and am 1080 kymn northfield